Hey, we want to say thanks to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Webmarize Website Design, Blue Collar Motorcycle Shop, and our new sponsor, Hook, Line, and Heroes. Without you guys, the show would not be possible. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Blue Collar Cycle Studio right here in beautiful Concord, North Carolina. I'd be your host, Biggin, and how about you? Across the way, on the on my left to your right on the radio dial, it's the pride of Mooresville, North Carolina. What up, Producer Brian? Hello there. And of course... On old Mike number one, he's the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's Honorable Mention Halloween Costume Contest Award winner. Of course, he dressed up as himself, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up, my man, Armando Mojo. <laughs> Thought I was about to get in a fight or something. Well, again, we're trying to bring in our Spanish-speaking listeners, so yeah, Armando Spanish for brother. <laughs> El Paso. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I basically changed my shirt, and I went in as a uh, a-hole for Halloween that year, so they they saw that. So changing your shirt, yeah, that's what did it. Yeah, pretty much. Man, you could have won it. So what do you, uh, what do you see when uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy bends over? Ooh. You're... Donuts. Donuts. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for listening once again to the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. You can find us on the Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can also find us at our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. We have playable links there. Um, please, wherever you subscribe, listen to your podcast. Go there, hit uh, Southern Fry Philosophy in the search bar. Hit the old subscribe button. Give us a like, a rating, review. That's how we move up in the old algorithms. You can follow us on the Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. Also, youtube.com forward slash SFP radio and also our Patreon link at SFP radio. Uh, is this going to be, producer Brian, is this going to be a rage podcast? We're going to bring in the rage podcast on this one? Uh, rage podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we haven't quite got there yet. Maybe uh, <laughs> if we all come in hungry, though, that's real possible. Oh, there it is. That's a reference to producer Brian's got his own SFP headline show. You can listen on Fridays, uh, and he just gets the best of the wacky news and brings it to you. L- last week, he talked about rage yoga. Ooh, that's, that's just yoga sounds painful. Now I'm just mad about it. Is it like hot rage yoga? That would oh, be yeah. painful. Essentially, God people listen to like heavy metal, drink beer, make rude gestures, cuss a lot, and there might be yoga. Oh, okay. So that, that's basically a Tuesday at the motorcycle <laughs> shop. So. Yeah. Hey, we want to give a shout out to our listeners from El Paso and Evansville. This week brought to you by the letter E. I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo, I'd be darn. I want to, uh, I'm doing great, by mm-hmm. the way. So um, last last couple of shows, I can't remember which show it was now, we announced it. I was opening up my own motorcycle show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, so I just want to, kind of an inspirational, our guest today, I want to kind of give a little brief story on that. Come on with it. So after our my transplant, you go back to episode one, here about that, um, we had 26 cent in our bank account. And, Holy cow. Yeah. So, you know. Times are dire. So after transplant, 
um, we kind of sw- slowly whittled away a little bit of cash. You know, I'm not talking about a lot of cash. I'm mm-hmm. talking maybe a hundred bucks. And um, along with me doing some consulting, because I, I wasn't eligible for disability. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had to kind of do things on our own. So uh, did some consulting in the restaurant industry. I couldn't go back and cook. Just couldn't be on my feet. Yeah. And um, so I did some consulting part-time, made a little bit of money to help cover our bills. But I took that hundred bucks and I went and bought something used off of uh, Craigslist. Okay. And I flipped that. And okay. I kept flipping and kept flipping and kept flipping until I squirreled away enough cash to to invest in motorcycles through the former place. And then I've taken all that money, rolled it back over, and here I am sitting mm. here today, you know, with a, a new business. So I want to encourage anybody out there who would like to start their own business, that they don't have to be a millionaire, that if you stick with your dreams, you know, stick with your passions and actually – do some savvy um, saving and um, you're passionate about what you want to do, you can make it happen. Mm. It doesn't have to be in a fancy spot or anything like that. You can do things. I mean, the, the wonderful world of the internet yeah. and local uh, pages and stuff can make things possible. I mean, I know guys who are crafty with wood. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a handsy guy. I can't like, well, you maybe, know, Joe maybe, Biden, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I sniff hair, but um, I'm not very, crafty i'm not mm. i'm not very you know i'm not great at designing i'm not great with in fact i'm really not really good at anything in life <laughs> um but people that have so much talent out there that want to do their own thing i mean if you're working in an auto mechanic shop and you know how to work on cars but you want you want to do your own thing don't have the money start a mobile mechanic business if you mm. know how to mop go clean houses i mean there's yeah. people out there that look for those talents and look for to want to pay you for it so in the in the spirit of our guest tonight i just want to encourage people um to get out there and pursue those passions and dreams i mean some people like the security of a paycheck and mm-hmm. that safety net but sometimes you got to jump yeah so there you go uh, so how you be doing i'm good uh, i'll defer over to producer brian uh, have you guys um, been to Tacos for Life over by? Yes, Taco? sir. I have. You guys the fans tree, of the, I like the chorizo taco. Chorizo taco. Well, I, I had lunch there today. And, you know, the, the name, you know, you go there and you think, I mean, that's just a weird name to me for mm-hmm. a restaurant. So you think taco, that's like a, that's like a way of life, right? Tacos right. for Life, like, you know, thug for life. Yolo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I was, you know, I kinda, I've only been there twice, but I kind of expect, like, when you go in a place like that to be like a taco subscription or something i could get oh okay you know, like chick-fil-a if you camp out you get what a sandwich a day for a year yeah maybe why won't they not take my money to just guarantee me at least a taco a day like how much would that cost to you know tacos for life to right me, you know right I'm pretty sure there's a different basically there. like Syria when sirius or xm radio came out you could buy a lifetime subscription yeah why can i get a taco subscription for life, like get a actually, little like a gold card or something. Yeah, like I just feel like that should be part of that business model. Almost huh. disappointed that maybe one that was day the choice. You know, maybe well, you start your own taco business and call it Tacos Now for Life. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. you know, try something. Actually, that's actually pretty genius. Tacos though. for later. <laughs> How about Taco we just start now and one? later? How about we just start one with the subscription service and then close it the next day after we pop all the subscription money. <laughs> That yeah. sounds like a Bitcoin thing. Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I just, the name of that place, you yeah. know, tacos are good. If you're in Concord, go check it out. Yeah, you like it? Uh, I thought I got there two specials. So there's like okay. a brisket taco. They call it a 10-hour brisket taco. Mm-hmm. There's no smoke involved here, I don't think. But uh, right. there's a whole lot of jalapeno pimento cheese on it. <laughs> so you hmm. taste a lot of that. It's, not, it's fine. I'm glad I got one and not two of those. Yeah. There's a lot of flavor. And then I forget Southwestern chicken, something. 
um, almost chalupa worthy, but not quite. Yeah. Yeah, the chorizo on lettuce is good. I do the lettuce tacos because I'm weird. But like, and also the puff, oh, like the puff. a wrap, lettuce wrap is what they yeah, call yeah. it, right? The, yeah. But the puffy taco they do is pretty mm, good. Yes, I like the puffy. Yeah, it's like a gordita, is what mm. I think, or chalupa. What's the one? The, the puffy See, one? Taco Bell's yeah. ruined all our terms. I know. They, they, things, yeah, one hundred percent. But it's a it's a like a puffy taco. Yeah, I, I can't remember what they call it in the Mexicano uh, taquerias, but I've never seen it in the. Mexicano taqueria. Well, um, Texas style. If you, um, if you go to like a like a Texas style that's owned by a Hispanic family, gotcha. They do the puffy tacos. That's, that's like pretty them. big in DFW and Houston area. They're delicious. They I like are. them. They yeah, are good. Um, I had the shrimp and crab cake one the other day. Took the boys. Interesting. It's good. Yeah. Interesting. Um, can I tell you something uh, that burns my biscuits? Uh, drivers. We've got leaving foster care kid one's daycare. There's a turn uh, where a sign that says you can only turn right. Um, and every time I leave there, people are constantly turning left. It just it makes it easier. And I understand why they do it. They don't have to go. If you turn right, you have to go around and do um, a, a semicircle and go all the way around or a full circle and go all the way around. It just it makes it easier if you turn left. But the sign specifically says turn right. So I always turn right, and and the and the foster kid's like, "Why do you always turn right?" I'm like, "Because the sign says that, and you got to follow the rules." But he's like, "Everybody else is turning left." I get it. Now the gods have heard me because they are putting in a new uh, subdivision across the way, and now you can't turn left anymore. Mm. And I'm like, "Ha ha! Gotcha! Gotcha! Got you!" So that <laughs> that was a little bit of vindication, but they've also changed the traffic pattern on Poplar Tent Road, where you can't also take a, a left. You have to go straight and then do a circle and then take another left, uh, take a right. It, it's really confusing. Okay. But people are constantly running red lights, acting like it's no big deal. Are, do you guys see this? Because you drive a ton, mm-hmm. right? People just don't observe any traffic signs anymore, it uh, feels like. No, they, I don't think they do, and especially way, the, the modern – the modern transportation needs and the influx of commuters we have in our area has caused different types of traffic patterns to develop, and and mm-hmm. people aren't used to that. Like there these, are our bridge, our bridges now. We we I, you know instead of crossing you know right lane, left lane, um, we we now go crisscross, mm-hmm. and you know I haven't seen any wrecks, which is awesome, right? Because I think it does. I think the studies have shown that actually does decrease like head-on collisions and things like that but um the u-turns people don't understand u-turns yeah and people don't understand the the no left turn sign at Mm -hmm. the red lights i see that all the time yeah and um i don't know if it's just because they lived here forever and that used to be a left turn and now they have to observe it but Mm -hmm. you know um i almost got i've almost been creamed twice by two asian ladies two separate times driving on a one-way road coming at me and i'm like and then i beat my horn at me and they lay their horn on me like i'm going the wrong way <laughs> well that's just stereotypical right there my friend oh, well. factual though no well, yeah i'm sure that is i think people like when you get in a car you lose some of your humanity almost sure. like you stop forgetting that other people exist on yes, this planet i think that so you might need to have some consideration so mm-hmm. two weeks ago i was in dc went to a football game uh redskins yeah, yeah, yeah. game I had to park in a big field for $60. 
What? Yeah, which is a that's a different topic. I'm talking about biscuits burning, but uh, <laughs> it takes like an hour and a half to get out of there because yeah. it's like you ain't going. Nowhere. You know, it's one of those just if you just, everyone let one person out, mm-hmm. you would just go and it wouldn't be a problem. But everyone's like inching forward and trying to squeeze mm-hmm. in every chance you get, and it's it's, so the, it's the worst of humanity is yeah. when you get in a car and then you know or you're in a hurry and I you know I'm also a, a, a guilty of this. I would say I've turned. U-turns that used to not be a U-turn U- sign. <laughs> I've gone that way. Then had the blue lights roll up behind me. Uh-huh. Oh, but it used to be, you know, and I got off of that one. But uh, I, I've, I've been that guy. I, I sometimes mm-hmm. go, do I really have to follow those rules? So I'm, I'm guilty as I well. Can't, but I can't do it. And they, we, and they tick me off so much. Uh, but now they can't turn left, and that makes me happy. But then we turn it left somehow. They'll go over the median or whatever <laughs> concrete barrier. <laughs> Uh, there is a fact check I think we had from the last episode that I want to bring up. I did not put it on our, our thing, and it's very quick. Um, guys, I did try the honey-roasted barbecue from Chick-fil-A, the sauce, mm-hmm. versus the regular Chick-fil-A sauce. Y'all, it's pretty much spot on. It's close, right? They're if very close to each other. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and check you now. Just gotta, you get one of each, and you taste yep. them. And I've, I've got a pretty good palate. I feel like I can taste differences and stuff. I think they're putting that Chick-fil-A sauce in that packet. The the Chick-fil-A sauce is a combination of barbecue, honey mustard, and ranch. I think the only thing that they don't add to the honey roasted barbecue is the ranch. Well, see, I know actually the, the Chick-fil-A sauce uh, is Dijon honey mustard. Oh, That's is that what get, it is? Yeah, you kind of get like that little bit of a uh, white peppery huh. taste in it. So that, uh, I, but you're right on the barbecue sauce and whatever else. But yeah, um, yeah, because I, I, I there was a copycat company who broke it down. Yeah, you know, sure. They they nailed it with a Dijon because it's that white wine kind of mm. peppery. Anyway, just yeah, but it's pretty spot on. So if you, if you, if we ever run out of Chick Fil A sauce, a good go to is the honey roasted barbecue. Yeah, and that stuff's just sitting in the little, next to the napkins or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to, like, show ID to get that. It's kind of <laughs> right. hard to dip in the packet, receipt? though. The, the packet, it, yeah, it's a packet, so you get a much smaller you size. Just, you just open it, you eat a chicken nugget, and then you suck yeah, the while packet While you're driving, though. <laughs> oh, well. That's... Yeah, maybe take it like a, stick a straw in it like a Capri Sun. There's there's, there's solutions to these problems. It's sure. Just, it's the 21st century. We can Modern problems this. called, yep. uh, call for modern solutions. That's right. So. <laughs> All right, so let's go into some wacky news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue. If you need a fantastic catering service um, at a great price, uh, and again, those those sides are impeccable, um, really, check out our friends at 1812 Barbecue. They can hook you guys up. Um, all right, so here is a uh, warning coming to us by uh, MyRecipes.com, which that's where you get all of your good news sources from. Uh, guys, there's some bad news. Experts warn of a looming bacon shortage. A ah! uh, Virginia-based Smithfield Foods Incorporated, it's the world's biggest pork producer, is warning that an outbreak of African swine fever is wiping out the hog farms in China, could result in a stateside shortage of the pig belly and even a ham next year. Go ahead and stock up for Christmas because you may not have it for next year. Um, It says that the Chinese have an insatiable appetite for pork, um, and so they are trying to mediate this bacon shortage. But uh, we are losing about 300 million to 350 million pigs 
uh, from China a quarter of the world's pork supply. Uh, Smithfield is reported, reportedly prioritizing the supply to its U.S. customers based uh, on direct directing meat exports to China, but this could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for U.S. farmers. Enjoy all that pork while you can. So any basically, the African swine fever is wiping out the pigs. So bacon's about to get more expensive, is that what you just said? Potentially. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it will, out of, dem- out of demand. See, I, back in the restaurant days, I used to follow what they call pork belly futures mm-hmm. because um, I, I, did, <laughs> I did buying for <laughs> – I did buying for a corporation, and that and that was probably that was part of one of the things I would buy would be all the pork products, bacon for um, our company. So I would go in and order, you know, for a six month contract, I'd go in and order, you know, maybe uh, sixty thousand tons of bacon. Sixty thousand yeah. tons. Tons. So to get a lock in a price. So wow. I, I did notice that October first, the pork belly futures were starting to jump up so uh-huh. i guess this is probably a response to what's happening in china and so actually wow. i think smithfield is actually owned by a chinese company now are they i think so it would not surprise me yeah i saw that somewhere too because china has an insatiable appetite for pork i mean they put pork in everything fried oh, yeah. rice they even have pork candy yeah so it's delicious mm, yeah <laughs> The 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub, and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. Coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812barbecue, and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812barbecue. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812 Barbecue, or call 704-604-5148 or email eric at eric.line at 1812barbecue.com and he'll be glad to help any way he can. But have no fear, producer Brian uh, shot us this uh, article that uh, Proud Carnivores uh, see going meatless as weakness, but beyond meat, the company, uh, the bacon could change that. The allure of bacon has, the allure of bacon is often the last hurdle for meat eaters considering vegetarianism, but too much for if you're trying to give up bacon. It's no surprise that faux meat company Beyond Meat, after turning a meatless burger patty, ground beef and sausage, uh, is now set its sights on bacon. A plant-based substitute for bacon is currently in development. Um, uh, It's been a popular breakfast staple through American culture. I thought this was interesting. Uh, The trendiness for bacon started uh, within the protein diet phase or craze of the 1980s and 90s. So remember that um, the Atkins diet and all that kind of stuff? That's where they said that bacon really started to take its um, uh, hyped – uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? 
like that's where it started getting its popularity. Because the Atkins diet. Because the Atkins diet, people started eating more bacon a, to lose weight, to, <laughs> and then people were like, mm, "This is great! I'm going to eat more of it." So, but um, anyway, they were saying that that was the reason why um, the pork, the popularity of pork, pork started, the bacon started going up. Um, but an interesting turn on this article is saying that uh, you know it's talking about trying to create a meatless bacon. That there's two companies, um, Beyond Meat and Impossible. Um, uh, impossible Foods are in an arms race to create a plant-based bacon. But the article takes an interesting turn saying that bacon is patriarchal, uh, often from men, that uh, it has strong associations with masculinity from gendered idioms of bring home the bacon, the typical or the cheaply stereotypical ads from Taco Bell that says guys love bacon, and popular characters like Ron Swanson is the pinnacle of masculinity. So evidently you have to be a man to eat bacon and enjoy it. Now we're going into faux bacon. What's going to happen with the masculinity of men? Well, I guess we'll grow breasts from all the soy. <laughs> Can the faux and Nazis ruin anything else for us? I mean, they're trying. I guess cigars are going to be like phallic symbols and brown liquor is probably going to be something a question of our, our, our virility or something. I mean, it's everything they touch is they just ruin it. Here's the problem with the impossible company or impossible. And what mm-hmm. was the other one? Beyond, beyond, beyond meat. The products are so processed. Right. And I that's mean, what it was saying. I think that they're going to run into, people are going to run into gut issues with mm. over-processed hmm. foods. I mean, I mean, now if you eat, clean like whole whole protein or whole vegetable products you prepare it clean like that you're going to live a better life you start introducing all these super processed processed foods i mean mm-hmm. you can't feed your kid craft macaroni every night it's a super processed food I mean, trust me my daughter tries but <laughs> um, you're going to have issues yeah I mean, any of the processed stuff you get on the freezer section that's all you get and you really can't i don't know that you can get these plant-based things that aren't frozen and like have some kind of chemical hold them together yeah because it wouldn't be appealing to eat yeah. at all. So they got to make it look like food, and you can't do that without <laughs> some science. Yeah, it says in the article, neither company's products are health foods because they're highly processed with lots of saturated fat and sodium, which, yeah, you have to – like we said with the Impossible Burger, Whopper, uh, you got to add the sodium to make it sound yeah. – taste good. It's not, this isn't about health. This is about right. not eating animals. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's – just like how we, we've talked about the, the cost of energy to produce an electric car versus a combustible vehicle that runs off of fossil fuels, you actually it actually takes more energy in a carbon footprint to create a Tesla mm-hmm. versus it does, you know, my Your F diesel. my F three fifty diesel. Yep. Um, I think you're going to find out too in these companies if you look at the carbon footprint on what they're producing, and to produce the same amount of hamburger, quote unquote, faux burgers. Um, as it would the same product from a cow, you're probably your foot carbon footprint is probably going to be huge. Yeah, you don't have oh, ca- yeah. cows out there farting, but <laughs> but you're gonna you're gonna use a lot of energy to produce this stuff. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. I, the article is is saying will let's see, oh, man, I really want to read this. The question is if those ideas will mesh neatly into bacon that should come close enough to the real thing would convince um, obstinate carnivores that it's possible for them to enjoy food that wasn't the result of a slaughter. Or conversely, if people who hang their identity on eating real meat will never allow themselves to waver. Um, I don't think I hang my identity on eating meat. Right. I, 
I just enjoy eating meat. Right. Plus, I feel better when I eat meat. Yeah. If I just one hundred percent personally for me dietary dietarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. It's a word. That's yep. a word. Um, we just made it up. <laughs> I feel better. I, I, if I just if I just eat <laughs> grains and vegetables all day, I, I, I I'm never. I get a headache. Yeah, I don't feel good. And I mean, maybe that'll detox me or something like that. I mean, I was a vegetarian for seven years. I thoroughly enjoy eating meat every day, every meal. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just do. I like the protein. So I mean, yeah, I. I I don't see me going, hmm, I really have a hankering for bacon, so maybe I should go get this fake bacon today to make me a fake BLT. I mean, just I don't see that happening. But is bacon, like in the beginning of the article, it was saying like that it's the last thing that a meat eater wants to give up. So if they could possibly create something close enough that tastes similarly to bacon, do you think that would push more people to become a vegetarian? I I don't think so because, number one, I don't think the cost – Will be there. Like you can buy a pound of bacon on sale for six ninety nine to seven ninety nine a pound. Mm. How much is it going to cost for, you know, for Impossible Bacon? It's probably going to be thirteen bucks, you know, for a pound if you compare it ounces to ounces. Yeah, uh, I think that the same person who wrote this article also wrote the uh, austere religious scholar who who was killed by you know by U.S. forces too. So. <laughs> Have you guys seen, and kind of related to this, the cricket meal stuff where people are like making yeah. protein out of crickets? Yeah. Oh, That's what yeah, this reminds yeah, yeah. me of, talking about the carbon footprint. Because they say, you know, a million crickets getting mm. squished together is less than, you know, cows, like methane, and the, no, all the yeah. carbon stuff. But sort of reminds yeah, me of the cricket bars, the protein powder yeah, well, stuff. Yeah, now they have the, pow- yeah. the actual powder that you can bake with it, too. And, yeah. you know, it's... Um, my opinion, what this is leading to, I mean, I, I find I, I find it intriguing for, like, innovation, you know, because, sure. of course, our American Western diet palate is a little different than, for example, the Burmese jungle, because the Burmese jungle, they do actually have edible insects, and they, they d- depend on it. They don't have mm-hmm. the source, sources of farming that right. we do. So I understand other things that we may look down upon, eating insects or eating rodents. Well, that's part of their daily palate. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to go to that. Sure. I have no desire to do that. Um, this is nothing but a ploy to get us, um, I think, a bigger picture of us getting to eating just sources of stuff, of, of th- like lab-grown meat. When, when that that's engineered enough and the cost goes mm-hmm. down uh, versus $10,000 a pound or whatever it costs now to create, um, that's what people want us to go to. Why can't we just do it the way we've been doing it forever? Well, the the argument— from my side is we've already genetically modified fruits and vegetables already. You know, like mm-hmm. we're, we're already in that spot. Like there's, is there really anything that's, that's whole, like that's actually clean, that's not processed or genetically altered? I, I think so. I mean, I, I, but I think the GMO, you have, so you have two types of genetically modified. You have genetically modified by nature. Cause if you look what a, a tomato looks like now versus it did 200 years ago, 300 years ago. We've we've hybridized these plants to suit our our growing needs. That's one that's one way of genetic modification. Then you have ones who actually going in with DNA splicing and, and right. you know put you know jellyfish DNA in it to you know make it more water tolerant or tolerant <laughs> or something like that. Right. I don't I don't like that. I mean, we do eat we do consume GMOs. There's just no way to get around it. Right. Um, I don't like that. You know, I try to steer away from it. Uh, sometimes it's not cost effective, you know. Um, but 
I, I just don't want to go to an overprocessed sure. product. I mean, and I, I challenge anyone to go back and watch the Charlton Heston. Uh, Charlton Heston. Is this the Old Testament movie? Been her, no. right? No, not been her. <laughs> Soylent Green. Go back and oh, go back and watch Soylent Green because that's eventually what we're going to be end up going to. <laughs> all one universal product that's provided by the government, and you'll have to, I, to save you from the spoiler. I'll let you let you watch right. and see the outcome. Yeah, this this is preparing us for a dystopian future where there are no cattle or pigs. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch mm-hmm. a lot of sci-fi, so I'm just waiting for the nuclear yeah, holocaust. This is where we all we're all going to be eating like cricket bars and joy. jelly something. Oh Jesus! Come back before then. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we will go to our hot topics. Brought to you by Watchman Cigars. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, and we are going to go into our hot topics. Brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you want a quality cigar at a reasonable price, check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. All right, guys. Tomorrow, as we record this, tomorrow is Halloween. Uh, we probably, as you are listening to the show, probably have a ton of Halloween candy that's left over, or, um, you know, you've already ate a bunch of Halloween candy. So, like I love doing, um, I love brackets. So, we're going to do a Halloween candy bracket. So, gentlemen, uh, let's go. Uh, This is a best of 32. So, we will break it down. Here we go. Uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups against the Heath Bar. The Heath Bar. It's not even fair. It's it's not fair. It's not fair. I understand. Right. Reese's. Everybody good with Reese's for the win? Good. All right. Tim, we got Tim Sigmund. He is uh, one of our guests for the upcoming segment and interview. So Reese's. All right. Next one, Jolly Ranchers versus Pop Rocks. Pass? Is that what <laughs> <laughs> There's only one flavor of Jolly Rancher, which is sour apple. Ooh, I will disagree with mm. you. I like watermelon. Okay. I forgot about watermelon. Yeah. Watermelon. Watermelon. Yeah, I can't. Jolly Rancher. Wow, I haven't had one of those in a very long time. Yeah. Um, but Pop Rocks, do those have a flavor, or are they just like No, they have flavor to out? them. And yeah, then it's they... like sugar flavor. Okay, sugar <laughs> flavor. Uh, I think Jolly Ranchers is the more interesting. Of the two, I think but... Pop Rocks are fun. I like, I like the, the, you know, popping on my tongue. It's fun I... to give them to, like, little kids that never had them before. Yeah, it's uh, good Pop Rocks. All right. Yeah, Pop Rocks, sure. Why not? Pop all right, rocks. I'm going to go with Pop Rocks. Uh, Milky Way or Payday? Milky Way or Payday? Payday any day. <laughs> payday, you can make your own peanut butter in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I do like a Payday, but I also like Milky Way. So, uh, see, what is Milky Way? Is what nougat, caramel, caramel, chocolate? chocolate. Yeah, mm. Payday is just going to be is peanut and caramel, peanut and caramel. Yeah, but it's, it's just really salted it's, peanut. It's, yeah, and it's satisfying. It's, it's very good. Yeah. I'm payday. Payday. All right. I'm going to go payday as well. Sour Patch Kids or Smarties? Smarties is just a waste of, like, energy produced by humans to make those little crappy products. So <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Sour Patch Kids. I love Smarties. I love Smarties. Well, See, Sour Patch Kids. I like the white ones. Sour yes. Pa- Sour Patch Kids ones. you can put in vodka. <laughs> <laughs> well, you. I think you may have won me over on that one. Um, but I do love Smarties so I love much. Smarties. I will bring you every Smartie we get this year and bring it to y'all's house. I'll Done. All right. I'm going to go with Smarties. Smarties for the win. Twix versus Airheads. Twix. 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 That's that's a no-brainer. Right Twix, specifically. Because <laughs> Airhead, Airhead will get on your teeth. Man, it you gets will, everywhere. Uh, you'll be brushing it off for Thanksgiving. <laughs> 
what you say the right twix. I'll just, that's I just, know yeah. that that Red drives twix. me nuts. So it's funny. I think it's hilarious. That's all. Starburst or candy corn? I think this is probably the battle of the ages on this bracket. Candy corn is horrible. <sighs> I mean, how many candy corn memes have we seen over oh, the past yeah. five yeah. days? I literally bought a bag of candy corn last night mm-hmm. and I almost brought it because I saw it on the bracket. Because I, I like candy corn. I, I love candy corn. Candy corn. It is like the most gross, waxy type substance you can eat. What mm. about like e- they even have the different flavors, like chocolate candy corn? Well, they like, had some they're getting away from it. The maple, maple? one. That's that's, that's way too, too much. much. That's too far. Yep. I saw a great meme. It talks about everybody fussing about candy corn, but the circus peanuts get no get no shade. <laughs> I hate those. Things. I also like I, those. So. Basically, the fifty cent candy, like the cheap candy aisle thing yeah. at the convenience store. That's you. That's all day long. All man. you. All right. Butterscotch, whatever you know. Now butterscotch, all right. It brings back great. Those memories. Little, the little red, you know, that you can't open them because they're like glued together so right, hard. The cardboard, right. those things. Look, I, I can't tell you how long. many Werther's originals I ate in church. What I right do love when my, my mother smacked me in the mouth for talking. So, all right, so Candy Crunch for the win on that one. Nestle Crunch or Three Musketeers? I think Nestle Crunch is just a waste to try to make me eat like rice. <laughs> I'd like to point out also on mm-hmm. this Halloween candy. I can't stand Halloween candy, period, because you'll get, mm. like, for example, I go to the gas station, I'll get a big Snickers. Yep. I eat one big Snickers. Yep. If I sit down to my, my daughter's Halloween candy because mm-hmm. I exploit it, um, I will eat every Snickers in there. Sure. And there could be 60 of them in there. Yeah. And I don't care if they're full size, mini size, <laughs> mini, I, I will eat every one of them until they're gone. Right. Mi- miniature things are always better, in my opinion. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Sliders versus hamburgers. I love, I love yeah, miniature things. I don't know, like little, I, like little things. I, okay, don't know why. I, I, <laughs> I will feel the diabetes coming on while I'm eating Halloween candy. Yeah. It could be as long as if it doesn't have the word king size on it, you have to eat all of them. I saw a meme. I think my wife sent me. It says it started with a kiss, and it has a picture of a just a Hershey kiss, and uh-huh. it shows. And then I don't know what happened. Like then it this happened. There's like a bag of wrappers, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> or like a whole pile of them. And you don't feel bad with the with the Hershey's kisses because you can crumple them up, so it, it doesn't feel like you ate that whole thing. Yeah, you and know? you just you know if you're at work, you just take the trash to your coworker's trash can, drop it in there, and sure. there's no shame. There's no guilt. Yeah, no one knows. So Nestle Crunch or Three Musketeers? I'm not a big fan of Three Musketeers. I'll go Crunch. Hmm. I could go either way. Uh, I did have a birthday cake flavored Three Musketeers the other day. That's okay. on the list, but Ugh. yeah. It didn't taste like birthday cake. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go – I kind of like a crunch. Well, because crackle's not on here, right? Right, it is not. Okay, I have to go crunch as a stand-in for crackle. Okay. Because I like the crispy. Uh, do I you like guys want to – We're going three musketeers. Oh. I'm going to go three musketeers, but All if right. both of them do that, then three musketeers will win. Huh? That's fair. Hershey Bar versus Mounds and or Almond Joy. They're in the same – the same bucket. <laughs> I I was not a big fan of coconut until recently. Some will go Almond Joy Mounds. Okay. Almond Joy. Almond Joys. Almond Joy Mounds. I will I will agree with Absolutely. that one. I wish there was more of them in the little thing. But like don't get me wrong. Bites. I do love Hershey. Just a plain Hershey bar. I do love do a plain you? Hershey bar. Yeah. I Well, I'm sure. Let me retract that. Yep. I love a plain Hershey bars because I, I can just <laughs> eat one of them. So. Well, even a regular Hershey bar has like eight regular little bars in it, right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, but see, I can't eat just eight. It's, oh, it's sixteen okay. or thirty-two. It's a, okay. it's a multiple. Yeah. This is a situation, you know. You know, you talk about getting the big almond joy versus the little ones. Mm. I want the handful of little ones because mm. there's two li- in the packer. Package don't do it. No, no all right. No, that's not a at teaser. All. Yeah, that's like yeah. yeah, that's like my wife putting on 
sexy music and lighting the candles and then goes to sleep. <laughs> Just a teaser. All right, here's the other side of the bracket. Snickers versus Hot Tamales. Oh, Y'all, come on. That's really? Not even. That's, that's, that's not even close. Yeah. I know. I know. In true one versus 16 fashion. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Whoppers over 100 grand. Ooh, the one hundred grand oh, bar, absolutely. Oh, that's a good bar. Is that the like, crispy thing? What is that? It's that's... the it's the dark chocolate, right, with the nuts on it. Is that is that right? No, oh. that's Mister Good Bar. Ooh, I like that one. God, I, like I love. Here's those. the thing. I I got to represent Whopper. I, I love me some Whoppers. All right. I just got to. I, I know it's not going. I'm, I'm not going to win, but I could eat what it, pounds what of Whoppers. What are you? Uh, so you guys don't even know what it, what it is. How are you voting for it? No, because my... I no because I've had it. <laughs> I, I yeah. remember it. All right, the, it's like uh, a wafer kind of thing, isn't it? One hundred like, grand candy bars produced by Ferrera. The candy baked peanut butter. The so wannabe butter. It's uh, caramel chocolate and crisp crisp rice. See, there's that crisp rice again. Mm. I'm anti crisp rice. See, <laughs> I, I can't remember what there was another brand besides Whoppers. I can't remember. It was a knockoff brand. Hmm. So we were poor, so we had to order yeah, well, knockoff you know, brand. Whoppers sometimes you get the stale one that's really chewy. <laughs> yes, Ooh, yeah. That one, that one always throws me. For that's a like loop. that hard pork rind. That you get, it breaks your tooth. <laughs> oh <more>. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so are we going Whoppers? Oh, did that just happen? I said hundred grand. Oh, he said he's he's you, going to he's going against his. I don't heart. I don't like Chris Price. I'm out on the Chris Price. Okay, so we have two, grand. Is it two and two. On, um, he's going hundred grand. Okay, he's going hundred grand. I'm going Whoppers. I'm going Whoppers. Jill, you're the tiebreaker. Hundred grand. Uh, oh. <laughs> all right, nerds versus Twizzlers. Do we have to decide? I mean, this. Even the nerds does go great in vodka. And there we go again with the vodka. That's a good point. Nerds, you can get like the two flavor packs and you do them both at the oh, same time. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, I like that. Part. I'm, I'm gonna go nerds just because Twizzlers is kind of like eating a Yankee candle, <laughs> <laughs> but not the good flavor. Do you guys like yeah. black licorice? Nope, I don't no. like any mm. licorice. No, none. Mm. I'd rather eat a. I'd rather eat a, a, a plant-based bacon piece. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right, nerds for the win. Uh, M&Ms versus Laffy Taffies. With nut or without? It just says plain. Makes Wait, a difference. Yeah. What was this Does now? It, well, it's against Laffy Taffy, so I might have to go M and M's because that. Oh, M and M's. Oh, M and M's for the win. Because that taffy is just it. it get, it's like yeah. the airhead. It, it leaves a everywhere. film in your mouth too. It you does, know? especially. But I like the banana. But mm. it'll it'll last all day. Now I do like the jokes. Yes, but the jokes, besides, are, the jokes are. You don't the, eat the jokes. Though. I think that I think the package is actually probably better than the product. I mean, I'd rather eat the package. So, I'm a, I'm <laughs> I'd rather just read the jokes and throw yeah, it away. Yeah, M&M's, they're M&Ms. boring, but they're better. Yeah. Uh, Kit Kat versus Milk Duds. I love me a Kit Kat, y'all. But I also like Milk Duds, too. See, Milk Duds, you go to the movie theater, and they last the whole movie. I like it takes no, that, they don't. They for don't me, the previews. Guys, they do for me, because I have enough cavities or fillings. Mm-hmm. If I don't go real slow, uh, yeah, it's going to be $3,000. So. Let me also point out, if you bring enough Kit Kats, they can last you the entire <laughs> well, movie. They do have the little bag. Like, you can get a like, three-pound bag to take in with you, the mini Kit Kats. Yeah. yeah I guess you can do that. Or Kit just Kats. 15 of the other. I, I'm going to go Kit Kat. Kit but you Kat. put it next to each other, it's going to be Kit Kat. I guess yeah. I mean. uh, Tootsie Rolls versus Gummy Bears. Oh, Ooh, Tootsie. Tootsie. Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears. Gummy also- Bears do go great in pocket. Though. <laughs> 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 I was waiting for that one. Uh I, I like gummy bears. So are we all? Is it gummies? No, nah, I said tootsie, but I, tootsie. I, I want to be the abstaining okay. UN boat. Tootsie's a cylinder version of the uh, milk dud. Oh, mm. you had the fake tootsie rolls. They're like purple or what? Like the colored flavor of fruity ones. That... Uh, the fruity fruity tootsie rolls. Yeah, those, oh, those no. are disgusting. All right, so, so tootsie I guess rolls. Is, for I the guess it's gummy bears. It's three to two. Phil. Ooh. So gummies for the win. 
I'll have my gummy bears with vodka. So you can. Uh, Butterfingers versus Swedish fish. I do like Swedish fish, but not over Butterfinger. Is this the new Butterfinger? Oh, oh. remember we had that one. I like the old or Butterfinger. The OG better. Butterfinger. I like the original Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Yeah. Yeah. Even with it, I'm not going to choose that over Swedish. It's a classic. Swedish fish. That's that's like uh, Twizzlers again, almost. Yeah. Uh, Skittles over Baby Ruth. I hate Skittles. Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. <laughs> I like both. I like Baby Ruth. I like the Baby, peanuts, though. Baby Ruth. The Baby Ruth is nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Baby Ruth. All right. So now we've got um, Reese's versus Pop Rocks. <laughs> Y'all. Reese's. Reese's. Uh, yeah. We've got Payday over Smarties. Payday. Payday. Yeah. Uh, Twix over Candy Corn. Twix, easy. Yeah. Twix. Yeah. Twix. And Three Musketeers over Almond Joy. Mm. Nope. Almond Joy for me. Yeah. Almond Joy. Almond Joy. Almond Joy. I think you're right. All right. So then we've got Snickers over 100 Grand. Snickers. Nerds over M&M's. M&M. Kit Kat over Gummy Bears. Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Yeah. It's all going to come down to chocolate. Let's just be <laughs> real here. Butterfinger over Baby Ruth. Ooh. 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 A- I'm going Baby Ruth on this one. So oh. I'm sure put my flag, baby planet, baby Ruth. I like those peanuts; they don't stick to your teeth quite the so bad. The butterfinger sticks to your teeth too much to me. For me, it's good. It's and great. I love peanut butter. But I like I'm, it in a milkshake. Give it to me in a, like a blizzard mm, or something. One hundred percent every day. Yeah, I'm about yep. to, to go just because of the of the new butterfinger not mm. being great as a classic. I'm about to go baby Ruth. Okay, all right, easy peasy. All right, uh, Reese's over that. Uh, Can't read his writing. I can't. I do this every time. <laughs> payday? Do we say, yeah, payday? Does it matter? Reese's over. I mean, Reese's, yeah, Reese's lose over anything. This bracket. That's... Twix over Almond Joy. Ooh. Twix. I got to go Twix. I'm a, I'm, I'm, Almond I like Joy. caramel. I like Twix too. Twix, Twix. Almond Joy. Almond Joy. Twix. Mm. I'm going to go with Twix as well. Snickers over M&M's. Snickers. Snickers. Kit Kat over just because M and M's you can't drive with those things that will end up in your seat, your vent, cup holders, you under your pants that you sit on and they melt before that meeting. Do you remember that Amateur. Tommy Boy, the Tommy Boy <laughs> yeah. movie where it slides oh, the, into the vent? Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Uh, Kit Kat over Baby Ruth. Hmm. Mm. Going Baby Ruth. I'm gonna I'm go Kit Kat just because you feel less guilty by the rationing bars, you know, because you peel one off at a time. Does, does anyone ever just bite the bar and uh, break them off? And but also, <laughs> but I, but also, I feel, went rogue one time and did it. I've done that, but you kind of feel like you just ripped the mattress tag off. Too. <laughs> you're kind of going, you're going against it? like a federal law or something. All right, so we got Baby Ruth. Uh, you've got um, Payday. Wait, wait, he said Twix. Right? Wait, wait, Twix. Sorry. Yeah, Twix. Baby Ruth said, is will be my choice on this one. Baby actually. Ruth. Yeah. Twix. I think Baby Ruth is just oh, a sorry, chocolate covered Kat. payday, right? It's it's Kit Kat, Kit Kat versus, versus payday ba- versus Baby Ruth. Uh, Baby Kat. Ruth for me. You said Kit Kat. It's getting complicated. Yep. I think Baby Ruth took it. Um, I'm Tim, gonna you go- said Baby Ruth, right? Baby Ruth, absolutely. Oh, okay. All right, and Jill, you said Baby Ruth or Kit Kat. Okay, oh. so no Kit Kat. Oh. What? Ooh, all Man. right. All right, here's the final four. Reese's over Twix. Reese's. This is where it gets difficult. Reese's. I would go Twix. Reese's, Reese's, Twix. Jill? Mm. Reese's for the win. Mm. Uh, On that one, Snickers over Kit Kat. 
Snickers. 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 Doesn't matter. Snickers. <laughs> Gentlemen, ladies, Reese's versus Snickers. Snickers, you just can't go wrong with the classic. Yeah, plus it has more components to it. So I'm going to go Snickers. You feel fuller after a Snickers. You're yeah. Sa- you're satisfied. That's, that's their whole marketing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I do love their commercials. So there's that. Jill, Snickers over Reese's. Can you deep fry Reese's? Because you can deep fry Snickers. Yeah, you can deep fry anything. But yeah, you can. It holds up, I should say. <laughs> Probably Snickers. Snickers? Snickers just took out Reese's. Wow. Also, I want to point out, there's some recipes going around online that you can take your leftover Halloween candy and put it all in one bake a cake. Don't do that. Someone brought that to our life group two years ago. <laughs> it's like a Halloween fruitcake. Oh, my God. Let me just tell you. No. Oh. That didn't turn out too well. What like all the candies I hate mm-hmm. are in this are thing, in that thing together. You don't the like things it. I like, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, it's like it's like mm. eating black licorice jalapeno jelly spam. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's not very good. Pumpkin spice spam, uh, guys. So Snickers won it. Our 2019 best Halloween candy bracket. Congratulations, Snickers. Way to do it. Can I tell you the the greatest moment of my entire life being a fat man was I got to tour uh, the Snickers um, manufacturing plant in Baylor, uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. It's the only place in the world that they make Snickers um, is is uh, there. So is it ba- not Baylor, but it's, it's where Baylor Waco. is at. Waco. Waco. Um, man, that was impressive. If, if you've never had a, which you probably haven't, a Snickers bar right off the conveyor belt without the chocolate on it yet, mm-hmm. where it's warm nougat only. It's a payday. Oh, wow. But it's warm. Like, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they would, like, trim it, and most of it would, like, some of it would fall into this giant trash can, and they just throw it out or give it, I mean, they give it to the pigs and stuff like that. That's like, I think someone told me farms. getting, like, a Budweiser straight out of the factory is amazing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, probably. I can imagine that. Yeah. But that was, like, I would, I just reached in and grabbed as much as I could and shoved it as much in my mouth as I possibly could fit. Next in. time we'll, we'll, it vi- we'll visit and we'll sneak into go containers. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Also getting a uh, Starburst because they make them there. Put those in your pocket, let them warm up a little bit. That's also very <laughs> I good. I only like one flavor Starburst. I'm kind of picky. Pink? Cherry. Mm. Mm. If you're in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom, exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs— Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or check out his new website at WatchmanCigars.com or the sponsor section of our website. All right. You had an uh, article you wanted to bring yeah, up. Yeah. So, I mean, it is tomorrow's Halloween. So by the time is. this is recorded or post, posted, um, everyone will be – that's not already tired of Halloween. Mm-hmm. We'll be extra tired of Halloween. We'll, but- <laughs> we'll, we'll, be walk, we'll be walking past Valentine's decorations. Yeah. That'll be next. Uh, <laughs> So this is kind of, you know, theme. We did the Halloween thing. And you're welcome. They're all, not the cravings you have, they're all like 60% off now. So you get those bags of candy. Yeah. 
I year. love that no. time of year. Yeah, it's perfect. For it's that. like Christmas for fat So um, I'm sure you guys have seen this in the news. It's the McCamey Manor, the haunted house. Mm-hmm. Um, it says if you can survive, it's a $20,000 payday if you uh, – <laughs> not, not the candy bar. Right. Um, that wasn't a callback joke. Uh, you get, apparently, you can get like paid if you make it through this haunted house. It's so terrifying. So okay. I've been researching this, just kind of looking into it. It is the season. You know, me and you talked a couple weeks about how we don't necessarily like mm-hmm. these as adults anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I found some ex- excerpts of the waiver. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of read those out and let you kind of So just uh, to be clear, if I thoughts. survive this haunted house, I will get paid $20,000. Yes. How long is, is well, this thing? According, it could take up to 10 hours. 10 hours? To go through this thing. And the pay, the Damn. waiver is 40 pages and takes a couple hours to just fill out the waiver. Is your lawyer present at the time? Uh, that's not, I don't think so. I think you just walk into is this he... guy's backyard and uh, <laughs> sign a Google Doc or something. Yeah, so you, part of the process Google is going through this. But some of the um, waiver mm-hmm. points have come up. There's, there's screenshots of it. So okay. I have my opinions about this place, but I'll get to that later. So I'm just going to read some of these to you, and, and okay. you can just tell me if you would sign off on this. So the first one here says, Participant understands that they may incur injuries from falling props in the event that they become unstable during the tour. Okay. Stuff could fall on you during the tour. Okay. The, here's the thing. Let me just tell sure. you right now at this moment, the fact that I have to read a 40-page waiver, that already puts me out. I'm not going to read 40 pages. I've, so you just sign just the bottom long. and go in. You don't worry about it, right? Maybe. Okay. Like, you don't read the user agreements on all your iPhone stuff. You're right. I never have. 40 pages. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. not paying me $20,000 either. Yeah, that's true. If stuff falls on my head. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That seems reasonable, right? Right. Okay. The next one says, participant fully <laughs> understands and agrees that they may come in contact with carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> with regard to use of artificial fog. So, so the fog machine's a little heavy. So right now I can wear. I think a the football. Fox machine is a Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> I can wear a football helmet and a gas mask. I'm okay. Okay, so, so far so good. My 20 right, grand. So let's go to another. Let's see, um, <laughs> participant fully understands and agrees that they may come in contact. Oh, I did that one. Uh, there's weird screenshots. Participant fully understands that injuries may occur during their tour, which may include but not be limited to head, neck, and back injuries, death, stroke, what? traumatic brain injury, uh, hematoma. It's like bleeding, right? Loss of consciousness, whiplash, harmful heart reactions, nausea, headache, dizziness, lacerations, broken or sprained bones, torn ligaments, bleeding wounds, scrapes and or cuts, heat stroke, or drowning. And does not hold, uh, it says Elm Elm in the document responsible. That's the same thing you have to agree to when you go on the cyclone at Six Flags. So I think that I'm okay with that part so far. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Participant fully understands and agrees that their tour may include the use of hypodermic needles, Whoa. zappers, tasers, or dog shock collars. <laughs> now, now we're getting heavy. <laughs> yeah, so this is all part of the the, the preamble. The ten hour... Yeah. Participant fully understands and agrees that they may be crushed in a pit by various objects. What? No. Now, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> now, now you're starting to. T- t- Change uh, your mind. Okay. Crushed in a pit with very – I mean, if it's like bunnies, I might like that. All right. And this is probably the last one I'm going to read here. <clears throat> Participant fully understands and agrees that various fluids such as food coloring, grease, theatrical blood, 
or other liquids may be placed in the participant's mouth. It is participant's responsibility not to swallow these fluids. What were the fluids again? Uh, food coloring, okay. grease, yeah. theatrical blood, or yeah. other liquids. So that's, that's reasonable. I would right? need to know specifically what other liquids are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the the ingredients in the bottom of the the processed food. You know, it doesn't have to tell you. It's just I mean, I would natural be, I'd be okay with those it. things. But if there's something else that comes up, like yeah, you know, bull semen. Yes, I, I wasn't going to say it, but if that was in there, I would not want that. Okay, sorry. I found this is the last one. I promise. Okay. Participant fully understands and agrees that if they are selected to visit the dentist, oh, they may have a tooth extracted without Novocaine. What? It will not hold. The company liable. Nope. I'm out. Yep. Anyway, that's out. That's the kind of stuff that's in here. Would um, you? It's just, no, I, I don't like, I'm not a big fan of scary houses. I, I But for 20 grand. I, obviously, either A, the guy is a great manipulator, advertiser, marketer, mm-hmm. or um, no. it's just impossible to go through. I mean, they may keep you there 10, 12 hours. I mean, where people just finally go, screw this. I got to be somewhere. They should just – here's my thing. They should just put me in a doctor's waiting room for 10 hours. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. Put me in I Walmart. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Just put After me in Walmart checkout all, all of these things that happen at Walmart. Yes. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did actually lose a tooth at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no Novocaine. No Novocaine. Would you guys do that for 20 grand? No. No. They probably have clowns there too. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I did a ton of research trying to dig into this place because okay. I was really like yeah, yeah, interested yeah. in the legal side of it and how this could possibly work. How do you get through all that? I just. I mean, that way. Here's the thing. This is. It's all marketing stuff. Like, there's no evidence of anyone doing this. Every major news, like any major or minor, everyone has reported on the thing. Mm-hmm. I have not heard of anyone. There's no interviews about people actually. actually they say no one's ever completed it. Because, see, I, see, here's the thing. Like, they talk about the waterboarding. Like, yeah. I know I, you're probably breaking some law there. Even though you don't hold them liable, just like the dentistry, yeah. you have to hold a license to perform dentistry. And he clearly states if you go to the dentist, he's already naming it the dentist. I yeah, think in quotations. I think that. Oh, yeah, that's I think it. that. It's quotations. Yeah, yeah, but still, I think <laughs> just even performing the act. I mean. Right. You know. Uh, <laughs> I hate tooth pain. That's the worst. By the way, I got to go. Yeah. That's that's brutal, but yeah, uh, I I I wonder if it's actually real. There is a place. It's a real place. It's some guy who gets off on like manipulating people. And this, the picture, the video I saw on YouTube, I looked into it. Someone managed to get a video out, and it's, it doesn't look scary. It's just a, some middle aged white man yelling at you. Well, that's a shock. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's all it's all mental things. It, it's trying to get people's heads. So, but why why aren't people finishing it if it's just mental things of, or actually people even going I don't into know that it. anyone's even showing uh, up or they are getting there and they're like oh no. Is this, like, go, is this go, what's the admission price of this place? Oh that's a good point too. That's the okay. The admission price is a bag of dog food for his dogs. What? See, I think this is nothing but it's shenanigans. It's, yeah. Guys I'm telling you my my fear and I couldn't do it would be Walmart with my mother in my ear nagging at me. I mean, that would be. Brutal. I think that should be a bit that we we sign up for this thing and do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so no, next year I, we're going to sign up and do this. Where's, thing. where's it at? It's in Tennessee. It's, Let's do it. it's like just south of Nashville. Let's I think. do it, Let's y'all. Do it. How long do you think I would last? Literally, like there'll, there'll be a clown at the entrance door taking tickets. <laughs> You're gonna be like, I'm out of here. <laughs>
I said you have to get through the waiver first. Here's your dog you know, food. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. Says read they the can do anything to. You. I don't. Th- I don't think it's legally binding. Anyway, yeah, but do this in lieu of the uh, bourbon tour. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we have Tim and Jill. We're gonna talk about Airbnb and how it's changed the world and their lives. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. All right, we're back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, and with us, uh, my friends. My neighbors, Jill and Tim Sigmund. Uh, Tim has been on the show multiple times. Jill, this is your first time. Welcome to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Thank you for having us. Uh, we are going to talk about Airbnb. You guys have a couple of properties, uh, Tullamore Dew, uh, Reach the Beach, and what do you call the one at, at the house? The Sweet Spot. Oh, that sounds like a bakery. It's a sweet. It's a sweet, sweet. Oh, is it S-U-I-T-E? Yes. Oh, see, there we go. It's a play on words. Um, And those properties, you use uh, Airbnb and VRBO for for those properties, correct? Right. Not the sweet spot. We only use Airbnb for that. Okay. And tell us a little bit, what are each one of those properties? What are they like? Start off with Tullamore Dew. Tullamore Dew is a tiny house located in right outside of Hendersonville, North Carolina. And it's 264 square feet <laughs> in a tiny house community. Wow. 264 square feet. What? Wait, you said tiny house community? Mm-hmm. Like? The, it's called this uh, Simple Life. And it is a community of all tiny houses. Um, they range from like 524 down to the 200 square, square foot size. Wow. And how many are in that community? Just curious. Um, around 100 probably. Holy cow. So there's 100 tiny homes around there, and they do they all share like a common? There's a, a community center that has. Um, Is there a pool. tiny pool? No, it's actually a good best <laughs> pool. Um, pool, laundry facilities. The clubhouse has a pool table and giant TV and. Kind of so if you just oh, stretch wow. out, you go down to the clubhouse and like actually lay on the It does It really doesn't feel that <laughs> small. Like, I'm, really, little, I'm mildly claustrophobic. So We actually <laughs> drive our Mini Cooper to our tiny home. <laughs> <laughs> See, you talked about like liking little things. Like eating little things. Okay. I don't like being in little things. So, my pants different. would agree with that. Um, okay. So and, and so 200 and how many square feet? 264, I think. Yeah, that's about right. And it's a very unique tiny home with um it's actually very luxurious in the fact that all the amenities are first class as far as the appliances, the fixtures, mm. a spa type shower. Jill can tell you. Got a huge outside outside area, big deck. Um the shower is huge. It's a full story and a half, completely tiled shower. Oh, wow. The kitchen is granite, stainless steel appliances. Holy cow. So it, it really feels a lot larger than yeah than the square footage. But and it does have a loft bed. So you have all your living downstairs and a loft bed upstairs. But it has a regular, has stairs up to it, not a ladder. Okay. And because my wife is addicted to watching the tiny home things, I'm assuming there's like storage in the stairs and that Fun there uh, yes, there is. Yeah. Storage, 
everywhere you can think of. Mm. Um, <laughs> you almost the, have to, right? A- yeah. Absolutely. And but when you're inside our tiny home, it just does not feel tiny. We've gotten some. Well, all of our reviews so far have been five star reviews, and everyone raves about the actual how, how spacious it is inside. Mm. That it really doesn't feel tiny. Wow. Um, and that's in Hendersonville, North Carolina. It's, it's or actually close to. it's Flat Rock, but okay. it's like seven minutes from Hendersonville. And that's if you want to get away and do a trip to the mountains. Sure, right. hiking. Uh, of course, I, I do a lot of cycling, but mm-hmm. right out the front door is a lot of cycling, uh, hiking, a lot of wineries, breweries. We're we're no more than ten minutes from from all of that. And okay. it's, it's it's a really unique uh, rental property. Uh, I do think it's worth mentioning uh, how we get the name for our properties. Yeah. Tullamore Do, of course, is a uh, first and foremost. Both our beach property and our mountain property are named after. We're old school here. It's going to show our age. Dan Fogelberg songs. Tullamore Dew is a Dan Fogelberg song. Okay. And then also it's, of course, a uh, fine bottle of Irish whiskey. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So you mentioned Tullamore Dew, and then you said you got a beach property, Reach the Beach. Tell us about that one. Uh, the Reach at the Beach is a uh, one-bedroom, oceanfront, 17th floor, and um, a really nice area of the northern section of Myrtle. Um, it's Our building is unique. There's no check-in desk. Um, we've got million-dollar homes all around it. Mm. It's just a very unique property. And when we bought it, it was a gut job, and we completely remodeled the whole thing, and now it's just our little slice of heaven. Yeah, that was back in 2014. That's when you got that one. Right, and that, it actually stays booked. And it's also named after a Dan Fuggerberg song called The Reach. Okay. And I'll expand on as far as the the interior of it. Uh, it's all of Jill's photography. Oh wow! And each of the photographs are named, and it's in the writing that she put on there of of a Dan Fogelberg song. Okay. Um, so she has uh, refinished a lot of furniture that's in there, her own personal touches, and she's done a wonderful job. It, it is a seventeenth floor. Million dollar view. The the view is is amazing. Yeah, I I follow you on Facebook, and I get very frustrated every time I see you with your feet prop, propped up, a nice drink on the table, and just a beautiful view. Of the I, ocean. I, I've, I've got a lot of people hating right now, <laughs> and it's usually like right in the middle of work when that pops up, and you're like, no, I want to be there so bad. Um, that's fantastic. And then you've got the sweet spot. And that's in your own home. Yes. Tell us about that one. Well, we were, were sitting in our living room having our evening cocktail, and I just looked up the stairs and I said, hmm, we got a hole upstairs that's not being used. I wonder what if we could do an Airbnb here. And we started thinking about it and decided that why not make our house work for us? Mm-hmm. And so we have a very, very large bedroom upstairs with a huge bathroom and a giant closet. So we turned the closet into a, a coffee bar, refrigerator. Um, and was right across the hall, we have a small library. And we don't have anybody living upstairs. There's no bedroom. And there's nobody else up there. Right. And so we fixed it up and put it on Airbnb. And lo and behold, we started getting guests. And um, we have just been amazed at how many people 
we've had come to our house and it's a it's a really different experience from the tiny house mm-hmm. and the condo at the beach because we're actually getting to meet our guests and have interaction with them and we've had guests from germany canada zimbabwe the uk um and they come to concord for all kind of different reasons from work to concerts to weddings to funerals um and it's been a lot of fun getting to meet our guests and talk to them. Yeah, and you know, I think, well, why would anybody want to stay in Concord? If they're going to come to Concord, they, you know, they're going to go to a hotel or whatever. But that's not necessarily the it's, case. It's for yeah. it's for a specific reason. Weddings on business. Uh, one of the last guests, a, a gentleman from the UK, um, consultant for Shoe Show here in town. Uh, yeah. So he was on his last visit with us a few weeks ago, his second visit with us. And the reason he chose the sweet spot is because he's a master brewer of sorts himself. Okay. Himself. And he uh, he chose our spot based on the uh, the breweries within walking distance. Wow. You know, Red Hill, giving a shout out to Red Hill, mm-hmm. Southern Strain, Little Roberts. Um, but that's how he chose the sweet spot. Wow. Um, so you mentioned, you know, you looked upstairs and said, Hey, can we make this work for us? That seems to be like a a pretty popular thing now. In fact, I was reading some statistics that some of the most popular, um, Airbnbs are run by senior citizens and specifically females, uh, trying to make some extra income to help, help supplement their income. Uh, Tell us about that process of, Starting to be starting to Airbnb, namely in your own home and your own property. How did that? How did how did that process work? When you said, "Let's can we make this work?" and then actually making it happen. Well, to get on Airbnb, it's a it's quite a large process of going through all the questions and things that you have to fill out to talk about your property and all the things that you offer, um, and filling out your figuring out your pricing, um, keeping your calendar. Your photographs, and it, it takes it takes you know a good while, a couple of days really to sit down and figure out how you want to market your property to make it inviting mm. to to people who would want to come and stay with you versus staying at a hotel. But a lot of Airbnbs, from talking to the, our guests who choose Airbnbs over um, hotels, they're getting a much cleaner environment because. They know that, well, you assume that the sheets are being cleaned because you're reading the reviews. You're reading the reviews of people who've been there before you, and you know exactly what room you're going to get. Yep. You know, um, you see exactly the pictures um, that are provided, and we're offering better quality for a much cheaper price because I even give a breakfast in the morning. So they're getting their their room at at night. They're getting a breakfast in the morning. They tell me what time, and I have a breakfast set out for them. And you don't get that in hotel. You put sugar in your grits. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do grits. So oh, okay. you, you mentioned the reviews. So, like, starting out, you put your property for the first time. How hard is it to get that first guest with no – if you've never done mm. – you don't have three other properties. You right. Know, it's it's a your first thing. time. Like, you're out there. It like, was scary. I mean, it's like – yeah. They could be crazy, but then they have to trust us, too, because we could be crazy. Yeah, so and we the- also get to review our guests, so they're on the line as well to behave in a manner that 
represents them. It was exciting to get that first guest. And ironically, Um, he was coming into town for a cycling event. I'm a cyclist. (laughs) He he came into town for a cycling event that I was doing. And it it was such a personable experience because he, he checks in with us in the morning of the cycling event. We rode over. Uh, together to the start of the event, and it just worked out, ironically, just very well. Very pleasant experience. Yes. So that first guest, they're starting to pull up, knots in the stomach, like, oh, no, yes. what's this going to be like? Yeah, it is. It is very nerve-wracking. Because it also, I would think, too, like, do you have that feeling of, like, they're going to judge our house or they're going to judge us? Or, yeah, that's got to be tough. But you have to make sure your house is clean. Yeah, yeah. And even the part they're not staying in, any part that they can see, yeah. you want your house to be clean, your yard, your front porch, you know, all of that. It's, it's, we, you know, we had a guest coming in and the, the driveway was covered in leaves. Well, I blew off the driveway just to make it, you know, look a little more presentable. Yeah. Um, so after that first guest leave, they start coming in, you start leaving reviews. What happens if you get like, you know, positive reviews? Does that help? Does that get you to a different level at Airbnb? If it's Airbnb, it does. VRBO, it doesn't. Okay. Because um, they are different. Um, Airbnb, you, if you get um, 10 five-star reviews, you get up to be super host. And then if you get the next 10, whatever, you get to be super host again. And then they offer you like a little incentive. And I think we got, um, we've been super host, I don't know how many times now, but we got this little email from them saying that they give us $100 on our trip that we oh, stayed wow. at Airbnb. So there's incentives that, that you can get from Airbnb by right. being a super host. And, wow. Huh. I think every Airbnb house needs to have a rooster in the neighborhood somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have the Greyhound. We don't have a rooster. Yeah. Every, everybody loves Greyhound Demi. Um, well, and that's, a, that's another question. You t- talked about marketing. Is there a fear of, like, uh, like people – Afraid of dogs or well, that's that's in or, your listing that we okay. have a cat in the house. And we have a dog in the house, but also it's but, gated. Yes, the dog is gated away from their area, but none of the animals go upstairs in their space. Gotcha. But you have to you do have to put all that down, even if you have um, you have security cameras. You have to know, you know the inside or outside, and Ooh, you have to list that. all of that kind of stuff. How about it? And and so the process of of making this your own business and your own and specifically just the the Airbnb the sweet spot like it's you have to run it like a business right it's not yes. just yes throw something online and then we're done like what are all what's a like a normal day in the life of an Airbnb owner well you have to make sure you're up to date on your calendar <laughs> and know when you have to be there when you know when you don't cuz i just walking in i was answering an email from, I guess, we have a guest coming in Friday, and I need to know what time they were going to check in, so we make sure that we're there. Once they're there and they check in, they have a key mm-hmm. and come and go, and so we do our own thing. Right. But we have to make sure that we're going to be there when they want to check in. And then also anybody can just start at any point. Like, so even while we're sitting here, somebody could say, hey, I want to check in, so or I want to uh, get the sweet spot. So you're on all the time, right? All the time. Or- yeah. All the time. Does that get tiring or, or Um, not really. The with the tiny house and the beach condo, they can do instant booking. They don't have to ask permission. As long as they oh, meet the okay. criteria of our, their age and 
are you know, and the amount of number of people in their party, whatever, they can go ahead and instant book, and then I can get back to them as soon as I can. If I'm available right then, I will respond right away. Okay. But for our, in our house, we require 24 hour notice, okay. and they can't instant book it. We they have to ask. I say it is so and so, and we're coming for this reason because they are in our home. And okay. Kind of a safety issue. And with yeah. our Airbnb, the sweet spot at the house, if we're going out of town, uh, we need to make sure the calendar's blocked so potential guests don't book with us when we could be out of town. So we have to block the calendar off. Yeah. Y'all, is there a hospitality tax you ought to pay or anything like that? Airbnb um, and VRBO, VRBO just started this. They collect our taxes for okay. us and they turn them in. We used to have to collect the taxes for VRBO and turn them in. But mm-hmm. now they've just started where the taxes are already collected and we're not responsible for turning them in, but I still have to do the paperwork. Hmm. So the, I guess at the end of the year, they'll generate you a 1099 or a yes. W-9 or something, I guess, to, for your taxes. Yeah. Okay. And you just run that. You, I guess you guys just run that under your personal right now. You don't have a separate LLC or anything? Right, like just our personal. Okay. Hmm. I, look, I, I think it's awesome. I, I think just talking earlier about starting your own business. I mean, yeah. they have spare rooms and spare properties. I mean, people are always looking. We, you know, we did our Kentucky tour. Tim was on it also. We mm-hmm. we stayed in the Airbnb there. And it was way nicer than sure. probably getting a, you know, Motel 6 or whatever. I mean, um, more homely, more amenities, closer yeah. to where we, where we want to be. Great street entertainment. <laughs> um, but I think that this is awesome. People are utilizing what they have. Just kind of like the same thing with Uber. You know, um, hotels hate a- Airbnb. Yeah. Taxi services hate Uber. And there's other services out there also. I mean, other, you know, for like logos, you know, $5 or whatever they call it. Fiverr. Fiverr. Yeah. Fiverr. P- creative marketers hate that because college kids who are taking a graphic design class can earn hmm. a few, few extra bucks. I mean. I wonder, too, if DoorDash has, has hurt, like, the pizza delivery business. Because, you know, for a while, like, you know. Pizza was one of those things that you could always just get. It's the one thing you can get delivered. Yeah. Jimmy John's and pizza. Yeah. Right? And now, like anything could be. Yeah. You can get anything. So. And I, but also, I think it, I think that DoorDash and services like this have increased revenue for. In fact, I listen to a, a I listen to a business podcast because I'm weird. But um, <laughs> these these apps and these new business models have actually upset the the, the stale statistics for 50 years in the restaurant industry because all of a sudden people are now aren't interesting really kind of going out i mean people still go out certain nights a week but they if, if they're like you know what what do we want to eat tonight that the old choice was we'll go through a drive-through now they can look up mm. Grubhub, chowhound doordash whatever else order what they want from their favorite restaurant and get it so the, the restaurants have actually seen an increase in take-home sales and delivery sales sure. so i think i think you're going to see uh over the next five years, probably a shift in our culture and how we eat. That a lot of mm. a lot of it will not be going out, but it'll be a lot of revenue, you know, take home and stuff like that. So same thing with this right here. I think you'll um, it depends depends on what Tim and Jill want to do with their investment. Other Airbnbs, but you know, other some Airbnb people will take all this money, you know, uh, squirrel it away, and then try to buy another investment property mm. and then try to rent that out. I mean, I think it's a creative way, and I. I if you got the extra property, do it. Yeah. Um, any any horror stories so far? We've only had one situation where someone showed up on the wrong day. Oh no! But I, you know that's when you, you screen shoot. Nope. 
Here it and is. That was for uh, Tullamore Dew. Oh. That was just a few weekends ago. and uh, But both parties were understanding, and we got it rectified. It wasn't a double booking on our part because they were both instant booked themselves, and the guy just put in the wrong date. He had in his mind it was one date, and when he booked <laughs> was a different date. So. Uh, tell them more do, tell them more don't. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. If you had to pick one of your three properties, if you didn't live at your already home, where would you guys decide to stay? Are they at the same place or are they different? I'd be at the beach. You're you're the beach person. I'm the beach. Tim? I would be right where we're at right now, at, at the sweet spot in our home. I do enjoy visiting all the properties. Jill just does a great job with them. Uh, second choice would be the beach. Really? Yeah. Are you guys beach or mountain? I'm too white for the beach. Yeah. Like, I, I burn. I get sand in places I didn't know I had. But it <laughs> sounds like you can sit and look at the beach without actually going out yeah, there. Yeah, so That's we have we have the high Adirondack chairs on the deck, the balcony, so you don't look, you're not look, sitting in plastic chairs looking through the rails, you're looking over the rails. Mm. And so you just don't want to leave. Yeah, but see, I get moonburn, not just sunburn, <laughs> I get moonburn. Oh, yeah, too. I've got sunburn on the shade before. So. Yeah, I, I do love the beach. I think there's I think there's a tranquility, serenity, listening to those waves. And you guys are obviously in a part of not not the dirty Myrtle part, but you guys are in northern Myrtle, so it's a little more relaxing, a little different crowd. Um, I, there's something very, you know, just back to nature, or, or that raw energy. In fact, I listen to sometimes if I can't sleep, I'll throw on uh, sounds of waves on my Amazon <laughs> Prime music and listen to that to fall asleep. So. You don't listen to the Sweet Whisper Sleep Whisper podcast? No, see, I, that would be too stimulating for me. Right, that's probably uh, yeah. true. I'd probably be up, like, cleaning and vacuuming <laughs> carpet at 4 a.m. listening to that guy. Um, what are some of the coolest stories or interactions that you've had with guests? Well, we've come across some guests in some unusual ways. Like, um, I was walking on Demi on the beach, Demi or Greyhound, and this couple just came up to us and started talking. Oh, they just loved her and everything, and they said, where do you stay where you can keep a dog? And I said, well, we own our condo here. And um, they were staying half a mile down the beach, and they were renting for the full month of February. And they said, oh, we wish we could bring our dogs. And I said, well, only the owners can have their dogs here. But um, he goes, well, do you have a nice place? And I said, we think we have a very nice place. <laughs> and she said, well, we're always looking for someplace new to stay. I said, well, come on up. And they oh, wow. came up, and, and he walked right in, and he sat down in our leather recliner, and he said, this is the first comfortable seat I've sat in in a month. <laughs> and they visited us. They're super nice people. And they rented from us for the next two years. And then the third year, they said, um, we're not going to be able to come back for a whole month. Not going to have a new grandbaby. Oh, so, wow. Um, that was fun to get to know them and, and have some communication. And we've had guests that have been, like, we don't. you don't know that you never would know if you ran into them on the street. But they've rented from us so many times, and we've had emails and texts. You feel like you do know them. And we had a couple that live in Charlotte, and I'd never met them, just, you know, emails and texts. And he said, um, well, they were going to go down, and they knew we were getting ready to do some remodeling things. Was there anything they could take down this was for, for the, us? This was for the beach. Yeah, for the beach. And they said, can we take anything down for you? And I'm, I'm thinking, that is just so odd. As a matter of fact, you can. So. But I said, are you serious? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, we've got this big ceiling fan. If you want to take it down, we'd. We'd love for you to. We have a piano for you to move. Yeah. So he took the new he took the new coffee pot and the ceiling fan down. So Tim actually met them at he went came by Tim's work and Tim met them and um, he set the coffee pot up and used it and said it was awesome and um, that 
they, you know, continue to rent from us, and we had that one interaction. But things like that are pretty cool. It would, at the Airbnb, at the sweet spot, we we meet our guests personally, and uh, we I've sat down and had a beverage with them before, and mm. uh, yeah, we've taken them out to dinner. Um, oh wow! We've yeah. uh, gone out, you know, to the breweries with them. If we had um, some guests that were actually eating at the same restaurant we were, and we sent them over a dessert. And, um, we try not to be intrusive. Yeah, very respectful, respective of their. Uh, you can tell the people who want to interact with you. Yeah. Um, we had this one couple that were here from. We're here for a marriage retreat, and they came the last night. They were with us. They came in, and we said, "So, what did you learn?" You know, and they shared with us all the things they'd been going through. And, and they were talking. from. Oh. Overseas, overseas. Forget was which it? country, Zimbabwe or yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Just came to Kannapolis for a marriage retreat, all the way from Zimbabwe. I feel like there would be more a closer marriage retreat to go to. You would instead think. Of right across the river or wherever. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, listen, I, I've seen the reviews that you guys have posted. You know, people will write nice notes and whatnot, and I've, I've seen those and I've read those. One of the things that really strikes. Um, Accord is just the personal touches that you guys put into those things. Even a, a friend, Chris, was uh, at your at the tiny house, and he was saying that there was personal touches you guys left specifically for him. You know that was really cool. So you guys don't just rent it out and just say, "Hey, have a nice trip." You guys really, you know, put your heart and soul into this thing. Well, it, go ahead, Jim. Well, that's what that's what builds the business. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone tells us. We'd like to be there. We're going to celebrate our 25th anniversary. Well, when I go down to the beach, we have this trunk, this locking trunk for our housekeeper. And um, I will have bottles of wine, and I'll have sticky note on, put this one out for this date, this date, this date. Oh, wow. And then write a personal card for whatever it is they're celebrating so that she sets it out with the glasses. And so they know that it's specifically for them. Um, And the same thing when we have, we had a, a cyclist friend that were coming to the beach and we put out some gels had some gels for him to have when he was down there with his wine or at Tullamore Dew it's a bicycle theme decor on the inside and we had a cyclist friend come so we made sure we had the bicycle sheets we have one set of sheets of bicycles on (laughs) so they got the bicycle sheets the bottle of wine that had the bicycle on it oh wow um then Chris Abney yeah I can say a name he was there last weekend. I know he's a bourbon drinker, mm-hmm. so I made sure the cleaning lady set out a couple of mini bottles <laughs> and a bottle of wine for his uh, for Deanne. So yeah, uh, set that out for them. So we do try to have personal touches if we know it's a special occasion, and then also after with each with each of our three properties, after a guest stays with us, Jill sends out a thank you note and yeah, it, the, the thank you cards. Each have an original photograph of either picture of the tiny house or at the beach. It's maybe a sunrise picture or something from that area that I've taken. And so I send a personal card with a handwritten note. No matter if they've, as their first time or if their tenth time staying with us for every time, I send a note thanking them because if it weren't for them, then we couldn't have our properties. Yeah. And that's really cool. I think it makes a difference to build that clientele. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, that's the reason why you go back to local restaurants because you know the owner. 
you know, you know that they're going to treat you nice and, you know, they're going to throw out a free drink or, you know, a plate of nachos your way or something like that every once in a while. You like that personal touch. I mean, when we had the restaurants, you know, people would come to my daughter's birthday parties because I'd have them there. They just, you know, customers became guests and friends and, and, uh, it'd be kind of cool though. Like for example, some of your international state, uh, visitors, if, I wonder if they would be open to you guys visiting them and saying, "Hey, we'll we'll you know we'll take you around the town or whatever." We have been invited twice. Um, the, our UK guy just left last week. Um, he's been, stayed with us twice now, and he said, "You've got to come and stay with us." And they've got um, a B and B. They turned their um, garage into um, four different units. It's, it's a big garage. It's a four. <laughs> it's a four car garage. He says oh. they've got four different. Um, Wow. sweets or whatever and um he's got eight taps beer taps in his living room wow. and um yeah let's go all right <laughs> he's he said y'all y'all come and stay with us biggins, biggins bourbon trail international <laughs> i just had this mental thought of like in the middle of the night the garage door just goes up and you're like hey wait somebody else, somebody <laughs> else has the remote down the street <laughs> <laughs> nah that's, I, I think this is awesome so what part of the uk is he in um south of manchester okay just you know, I, I just find it intriguing meeting people from different parts of the world, and also this even this fine country we live in because uh, we're just people are just unique in places we grow up. I mean, you're, you're Tim, you're one of the only natural Concordians here that I know of. Oh, man. about fifty-seven years, and uh, I would I would label Jill and myself as being more of introverts hmm. versus extroverts. I would think we we'd lean towards that side, but when we have guests that come in. It almost seems like it opens us up, and we have no problem interacting. We actually enjoy uh, meeting our guests, learning about them, without you know invading their personal space or whatever. Very respectable to that, but um, we enjoy when the guests arrive. Now we're not we're not nervous. Well, it's a, it's a production for you guys. Yeah. it's like a your own mini stage, sure. and you guys are mm-hmm. sharing a part of your life, the towns that you love, and um, obviously all your personal touches that you guys do i mean we really enjoy yeah, it yeah obviously and and like i said a, a business is word of mouth and reviews are great word of mouth on these these websites and apps and i mean the everything you guys do i'm sure that's i mean that's great marketing for and, and, and one thing we haven't talked about is uh for uh the reach at the beach and for tullamore do i manage the uh we have a facebook page for each of those individually, okay. and I manage the Facebook pages, and I make sure that, you know, on a weekly basis, we're updating the content, posting a picture, whether it be a drink or, you know, from the, you know, from the balcony of the beach or, or the deck of Tullamore Dew, you know, try to entice uh, the folks that have liked and followed us uh, to uh, come try us out, and um, I think they enjoy, we have many followers for both of those properties on Facebook. So you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I've got an extra room in my house and, you know, I'd like to make some extra income. Where do they start? Like, how do you even begin the process? I know you kind of mentioned, like, just sitting down and trying to figure out how you're going to market your property. You have to think about, would you stay in that situation? Um, Because our, our upstairs is completely separate from our living space, I think 
it makes it more inviting for somebody else. So that's that's kind mm-hmm. of where we started. And then once you go, you log on Airbnb and you say, you know, it says list a property, and then it walks you through all mm-hmm. the bazillion things and the questions that you have to forty answer. pages, <laughs> pretty much forty page waiver. And and that it walks you through it all, okay. and um, then you do a lot of research too. Go on Airbnb and look in your area um, to see what other people are doing and what are the prices. What are they getting for their money? Read the reviews and that kind of thing. Jill is constantly reviewing prices uh, that are being offered at the beach in the Flat Rock area and here in Concord and the surrounding area of Charlotte uh, to make sure that we are right there at the, uh, no pun intended, right there at the sweet spot (laughs) of pricing for what we offer. And, And she's done a great job with that. So who are you trying to comp- – like who's the competition, I guess, for – is it the hotel or is it other it, properties? Well, they're all – properties are different as far as like the beach and tiny house. Beach condo, you're obviously competing with other condos and hotels. Um, and so you have to – I look at a lot of properties that are right in our area because our area is a, a different area from down the town area. If you want to stay downtown, then go for it. But if you don't want to stay downtown, then I look at the, the nearby condominiums and kind of watch their prices, look, look at what their rooms are like, um, read reviews, what they didn't like about something, or we wish you had had whatever to make sure that we always stay on top of that. Um, but the – the properties are so different in that with the mountains, people book a week in advance, two weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. The beach, they rent a year in advance. Oh, wow. Um, Holy cow. So that's a big difference there. But we are, the tiny house, you're only com- we're only competing with the other tiny houses in that area because if you want the tiny house experience, that's a unique experience. Sure. Versus staying in a hotel. I wouldn't go, hmm, I'd stay in a hotel or I'm going to stay in a tiny house. Yeah. The reason I ask is I, I was in Charleston about a month ago or so, and I stayed at an Airbnb instead of a hotel because of the price. And I was uh, there on business, but I was I had my dad down with me instead of getting two hotel rooms for, you know, whatever that would have been mm-hmm. at night. I got a two, well, I actually got a three-bedroom and a two-bedroom place for weeks for the price of a single hotel room yeah. in Charleston. And that was my big, I mean, I knew it would be nicer, mm-hmm. but the price was, I couldn't make a different call, basically. It yeah. Force the decision. It's amazing, just the price difference between that. And so you kind of wonder, will that force hotels to have to lower their prices, you think, just to compete with Airbnb? Uh, I I think it's too early to tell. Mm. I think I think it's still so new that, I think what, what I think what will happen is the hotel industries will be like the Walmart, where they are blockbuster, slow to react to new technology, slow to react to new competition, and then end up Airbnb and these guys will probably you know VRBO these guys will probably just own the new wave you know mm-hmm. because they're so antiquated in their in their technology and antiquated in their business model. Yeah, and some hotels are actually advertising on airbnb and vrbo because i noticed like the embassy mm. suites and like home two suite like the more the extended, extended stay space. type places i think one of them might have been like a holiday inn but it was like those hey, i was looking through and went, oh this looks nice oh. oh wait a minute that's a hotel <laughs> that's not what i want 
when it says ad, that's that's not good. Don't click on those ads. Oh, right. Okay. That's the problem. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we we were just talking the other day, and you mentioned like even this experience with Airbnb is changing the way you guys look at just property in general, because now you kind of have an idea of, hey, would this be a good property for an Airbnb? Right. Whenever we go to the beach, um, because I would like to live at the beach, which probably never happened, but, and I love real estate. So anytime there's an open house, we all go and, you know, look at open houses or whatever. And um, I, I look at everything and go, where's the Airbnb suite? Because there's not one, then there wouldn't be any use in looking any further. Hmm. We've seen, you know, lots of ha- houses will have a uh, basement garage, apartment or yeah. apartment over a garage or, you know, the, in, the in-law suite or whatever. Um, but that'd be the only way to buy another property and let somebody else pay your mortgage. 100%. You're shaking your head pretty surprised. I'm sorry. You said in-law suite. That's just, that, <laughs> oh, needs, that needs to go away. That whole term. The, nope. the in, Yeah. Nope. Airbnb suite. There we go. Okay, there we go. I wonder if we could change the whole but term. But you can, I guess you, I could refuse her. Yeah, I wouldn't instant book my mother. In law, so <laughs> okay. My in-laws are permanently banned from my property, so it don't matter. <laughs> um, all right, so here's some interesting things I wanted to bring up about specifically Airbnb. Uh, do you guys know where the where the word air came from for the Airbnb? I would assume airplane or travel. It's a good guess. Oh. Anybody? Is it an acronym for something? No. Uh, the air and Airbnb came as a result of Brian Chesky and his roommate renting an air mattress on the living room floor. Hmm. Hmm. Airbnb started uh, three guys. They literally rented out air mattresses in San Francisco, and people could rent oh. the air mattress to stay there that for cheaper. That sounds expensive. Well, you can actually do that and, and probably make a living in San Francisco because, like, the average you know, one, bed, one bedroom, one bath, Probably rentals probably twenty five hundred bucks there. It's ridiculous. Uh, genius. Or more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's how it started. So wow. using an air mattress. That's cool. That's how the whole thing started. Uh, since twenty seventeen, there's been a hundred and twenty percent increase in the number of senior hosts over sixty. So like I was saying earlier, like this is a huge draw for them for seniors that, you know, either stopped working or wanted some supplemental income uh, for them. I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Like what are the like hours? How many hours would you say you guys put into, mm. say, one property a week? That, that varies greatly. Um, it's almost a full time job for it? jail. Oh, it de- it depends. Um, during busy booking season at the beach, a couple hours a day. Because you're organizing like cleaners coming, you've got that scheduled, and oh, watching yeah. the calendar and yeah. making sure you have maintenance people available if, if someone breaks something, those sorts of things, right? Yeah. This is um, a statistic in 2016. 49% of Airbnb users used uh, Airbnb as an alternate to hotel rooms, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Like 40% in 2016. So um, there's no doubt that it's getting more and more popular. One of the things that this article mentions is with business travelers, and you guys said that you've used, uh, you've had business folks in, but when for us, like we have to use corporate. Like hotels, we we're not able to use Airbnb. So that's one of the things that they were talking about. How do how does Airbnb become more corporate friendly? 
uh, for for folks to be able to use um, their services. So thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned, uh, 53% of travelers use Airbnb because of price, saying that it's usually uh, cheaper. 53% use Airbnb because of the cost savings. 30% use it because of the location. 33% use it because of the authentic experience, while 28% use it because it's an easy-to-use app. So mm. I don't know if that math adds up, but <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> we don't do math here, so that's... You're right. We don't do math because math Fake is hard. Fake news polls. Uh, this was also interesting. Uh, another statistics. Air, Airbnb hosts could pay 81% of their rent by listing a two-bedroom home. So I believe you guys, that. You I guys were that. saying they could bring in that income. Uh, Airbnb hosts could pay their full rent in Miami and Philadelphia if they fill their room for 21 days. That's that's quite impressive. You could pay your whole rent day, for 21 like days. In a year. 20, a month. Like what's per the, month. 21 days a month. If right. It's full. If it's so, full, okay. we'll pay your whole rent. Pay the whole rent. Okay. Our Airbnb in Concord, upstairs at the sweet spot, we're averaging about 11 nights a month. Okay. But that significantly will help reduce Absolutely. the cost of a mortgage if you have that. Absolutely. I'm not getting into your business. Yeah. But, I mean, that would help. Sure. You know, We're both retired, and it's it's good retirement income. Yeah. No doubt. This is interesting. 54% of Airbnb guests are female and 46% are male. One more time. What is that? 54 are your female, hmm. 46 are male. I, I'm kind of surprised I, by I that. I believe that. That's about. I'm surprised by that. Hmm. Does it say because uh, women travel more? My guess is because if you're like me, I just let my wife handle the vacation plans and just say, oh. you deal with it. It could I don't be. Know if that's it also could be safety. That's the other part that they brought up is because they said that most um, people feel uncomfortable having the opposite sex in their home. So senior citizens, mainly female, will only rent to female guests. Mm-hmm. So, And you can put that in your stipulations on mm-hmm. who you're going to rent to. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Earnings, um, an estimated, it's estimated that if a host rents out a two-bedroom apartment for a year, he or she can earn an average of $20,000. Depends on where it is. That could be very easy to do. Tw- an extra twenty grand. Mm-hmm. I'll see that. Yeah. Uh, Airbnb generated $93 million in profit in 2017. How much could I... Put like a tent in my backyard for. That's what I want to know. You know, and glamping. Yeah. You say that, but just they're there on on Airbnb. You see them. Yeah. Jess and I were actually looking at Airbnb to Airbnb, uh, a room in our home before we got inundated with children. Uh, (laughs) But, but we looked around and there were some really sketchy things going on on Airbnb. It was a trailer and a guy said he would only rent to females. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, it was just sketchy in like a picture of the bed that they would stay in. And you're like, oh, no. Why? Superhost? No, there was okay. no superhost there. But it was interesting 40 to see. 40-page waiver? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting to see just the, the level. Like you can have sketch guy, you know, that is not allowed within 50 feet of a, a school. Or places like yours that are really nice that are, you know, a fantastic place to stay. Place to stay. But I thought that was interesting. You could put a tent on the back of your Back your property there. Yeah. Um, uh, millennials, you'll like this, uh, Mojo. Millennials account for roughly 60% of the 
of all guests who ever booked on Airbnb. 60%. That's the difference between VRBO and Airbnb. We have VRBO and Airbnb on the tiny house. We only do VRBO at the beach. And the majority of our guests are renting through Airbnb. And because it's a tiny house that has a loft, they're younger people. Mm. And so we get a lot more bookings through Airbnb than we do VRBO. Interesting. I think there's some, it's a bigger, like bigger name maybe also. Like I'd never, I'd heard of Airbnb way before I heard of VRBO. I think it had a different name at one point, didn't it? Wasn't it like the app changed names on my phone or something? It was called something else, I feel like. Uh, Because my dad would rent property for like family vacations. He would send me a link. It was always the VRBO. So when I went to rent a place, I started looking at the VRBO. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I didn't go is because there was some, descriptions that were not accurate. I'm not going to, wouldn't pay for it. They wouldn't take the money. So I went elsewhere. How about you? Uh, I also didn't know this. There's a million dollar insurance uh, policy for Airbnb hosts. Do you guys know that you have a million dollar policy? Uh, Absolutely. So what I'm, I'll rent it out. I'll like rampage your entire house. Trash our place. And like beat you all up. You'll take the million dollars and then we'll split it. Let's let, let's plan on that. That's a good yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm going to book, instant book tonight, yeah, the house. Tonight. How about that? But you got to give them a 24-hour notice. Oh, man, we'll do this tomorrow. Um, but I thought that was interesting, you know, that they do a million-dollar policy just in case something goes haywire and you have to sign a 40-page waiver. Um, wow, I thought that was kind of cool. Did not know that. Yeah, so they're protecting you so you don't have to carry that extra insurance, I guess. Right. Makes right. it more palatable to start right. and get involved with the business. The average cost for an Airbnb rental is $160 Forty-seven cents. Ooh, it raise our prices. I think we do. <laughs> uh, we we are actually going to raise them quite a bit come the uh, next year for the Republican National Convention. Look now, guys. See, and th- that's something you can do too. Is you can oh, adjust the, the rates whenever demand, you want to. Yeah, yeah. we're uh, we've we've got some thoughts on that, and we've looked at studies, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, from the 2016 mm-hmm. conventions mm-hmm. and. Uh, we will be adjusting our prices accordingly. Yeah. Uh, our, we we were too late. We were going to rent our entire house out uh, when we lived in Laurel Park for, for the, the DNC, and that could have paid for a rent for several months uh, just for that one week. So congratulations, guys, on that one. Yeah. You should go get that hi- tiny house, put it in my backyard. <laughs> we'll be good to go. Just bring it down with you. Guys, anything else? I think it's, I think it's just a cool story. Yeah. Yeah, a cool opportunity for people out there to have the opportunity to have extra space to, to do that. So, no doubt. Yeah, it's just fascinating to me that it's a they exist. That it's a thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. thing. It's almost it's like the the gig economy a little bit, but just the fact that you can do this and people like so many people are doing it. It's not just like a handful. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember as a kid, we were always taught, don't talk to strangers and never get in a stranger's car. Now we're just doing it all over now the place, right? Now it. you're paying to do it. Yeah. Good uh-huh. gracious, y'all. T- times have changed. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to have all your information linked on our show notes. So if anybody wants to go to Tullamore Dew, the sweet spot, reach the beach. Uh, granted, you'll have to wait an, uh, a year to get to the beach. But uh, you can go ahead and book now. We'll have all that information on our show notes. So we're really excited uh, to talk to you guys. Thank you guys for coming in. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Please go to our Facebook page, Southern Fried Philosophy, or our website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. Wherever you subscribe and listen to your podcast, just go there, look for Southern Fried Philosophy. 
hit the subscribe button, go uh, like and rate us, review us, uh, share your favorite episodes to your friends, uh, pester them till they listen, uh, <laughs> whatever it takes. Also, as as I do every episode, uh, if you're not signed up to be an organ donor yet, please go to your DMV or check out your local Life Share uh, or whatever organization you may have in your state or community. Sign up to be a donor. Um, I, I'm here today because of a donor uh, donation of a heart. So uh, yeah, just want to see people kicking around. And if you don't if you don't need it when you take it take it with you, so just leave it around for somebody else. Uh, yeah, again, th- thank you for that information, that reminder. It's good to, to remember uh, because of you, I did go to the DMV and signed up. So I signed up to too, and they allowed me. I couldn't believe it. Wow. How about <laughs> so, you? I feel like when I leave the DMV, I need a heart transplant because it, it's just like, rah. <laughs> uh, guys, again, thanks for tuning in. Please, please, please go out, like, share, subscribe our episodes. We know that there are more of you out there that aren't listening. So, Listen, this is an indictment on you. Go listen to the episode, which you're actually doing now, so this is pointless. Well, if you share your episode, I'll send you my Smarties from the Halloween tree bag. <laughs> hey. Listen, if you share your episodes, I'll even send you my Snickers. So there's that. Whoa. So that that's some, that's some heavy stuff. Guys, again, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. And as always, keep looking up. You're listening to the SFP Radio Network.